Hi, this is Pastor Mike Gordon, and welcome to Bethel Brandon's Sunday Message. For more information about this podcast and more resources, visit us at BethelBrandon.ca. We're going to take a few minutes this morning and speak about grace. Amazing grace. God's grace. And how he reaches out to each and every one of us. And some days we get it right, don't we? Some days we get to the end of the day and you're like, yeah, I was a good person. <laughs> Other days we get to the end of, our, end of our day and we say, oh man, I'm going to have to apologize to that person. Or I wish I hadn't yelled at my kids. Or I wish I hadn't have ran that red light. Or I wish I hadn't have done this or hadn't done that or whatever, right? And God sees through us and sees his eyes and he picks us up and uh, carries us through. And Bill Pipke or Bill Richardson at camp, Bill, Bill Richie, 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 Rich, Bill Rich, Rich. Anyways, one of the speakers at camp uh, was speaking to you one time and he talked about grace a little bit and he talked about your GPS and your phone or on your car, right? And you're driving along and you're going the wrong direction and it says recalculating, right? And it says recalculating. And you drive a little further and you go the wrong direction. It says recalculating. And his point at the end, and it was funny because I heard him speak on it and then on the way home I was listening to Joel Olstein and he used the exact same example. And so I wondered whether Joel got it from Billy or Billy got it from Joel. But he said, if your GPS is perfectly capable of getting you to your final destination no matter how many mistakes you make in life, how much more can God recalculate and get you to your final destination in life wherever it might be? So I'm going to play one... Uh, it's actually a song that I'm going to pull two or three things out of. Um, so you can go ahead and play that, and then we'll come back. My faithful Father Your tender mercies like a river with no Stand in wonder once again Your grace still amazes me Your love is still a mystery Each day Thank you. 
Makes me cry every time I watch that. His grace is still amazing. How much more do we need grace today? I'm trying to get myself in too deep this morning, but people choose Coke, people choose Pepsi, people choose Chevys, people choose Fords, people wear masks, people don't wear masks, people get vaccinated, people don't get vaccinated. Every single one of us is going to pass away and stand before Jesus. And when we fight amongst ourselves in the body of Christ, I think we do Jesus an in-service and a disservice. And we need to just say, God, it's about you. And, and Jesus spoke forcefully on things, but there was something in him that I'm going to pull out of these songs, this song and out of Scripture, that he had grace. He spoke forcefully, but he had grace. He spoke forcefully, but he had love. When I started ministry, the one verse that God spoke into my heart was, uh, speak the truth in love. If you can't speak the truth in love, but if you can't speak the truth should go both ways, right? We should be able to, you can speak the truth, but not speak it in love, and everyone's going to avoid you. Everyone's going to hate you. You can love and not speak the truth. I've used the example before here, and I don't think he's even here this morning, or maybe he is here. He is here this morning. Uh, there was an usher at the back of the church, and he was greeting people, and he had a big booger hanging out of his nose. And probably 15, 20 people had already gone in, and I went up and shook his hand. Hey, you might want to clean this out, right? <laughs> but I didn't do it right. You idiot, you lousy, you stupid rusher, you know, fix it, this kind of stuff or whatever, right? But his grace is amazing. John or Romans, Romans 3, 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I love to use the example of the Grand Canyon. I heard this story a long time ago, and I've used it a few times here and there, and you might have heard me use it before, but there was 
three guys, we'll say guys, because guys are usually a little bit uh, more macho kind of thing that decided one day, you know, I'm, I, I can better than you, and I can jump further than you. And the other guy's, no, I, you can't jump further than me. I can jump further than you. And they go back and forth, on and on and on and on, fighting back and forth. Finally, they say, okay, let's go to the Grand Canyon and see who can jump the furthest, right? So the first guy lines her up, right, and gets on the one side. The camera guys are not going to like me because I'm going to run around a little more than Pastor Mike. But uh, the first guy gets to the edge, and he runs as hard as he can, and he jumps, and he flies, and he makes it a pretty good distance, right? But then he goes, splat, to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, right? And he dies. So the second guy goes, I can go further than that. That's no problem. So he lines up and gets ready and gives her all he's got, got his sneakers on, and he runs as hard as he can. And he jumps, and he goes flying across, and he gets further than the guy did, but he still falls splat to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and dies. And the last guy, if he was smart, he would have said, well, who cares who can jump further? I'm going home to my wife and family. But he says, no way, I'm not going to be able to done. There was people watching. So his pride gets the best of him, and he gets his sneakers on. He gets those, uh, those tight whatever, spandex, whatever it is that they wear for the Olympics, and everything's all perfect and aerodynamic, a little helmet with a little peak on it and everything. Runs as hard as he can, and he jumps, and he makes it like twice as far as the first guy. But he still goes splat to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And the point of the story is they all fell short of the other side of the Grand Canyon, right? And we all, when it comes to God's righteousness, we all fall short of the glory of God. You can't put one person in one camp and say, well, they made it because they were so good, or they made it because of this. Grace is goodwill, mercy, pardon, pleasing, pleasing quality, favor. Your tender mercies, more kindness than justice deserves. The song has um, three nouns and three adjectives, which we're going to kind of look at it a little bit. A faithful father. Some of us have had faithful fathers. Some of us have not had faithful fathers. But God says in his word that he will be your faithful father. Enduring friend. Many of us have been enduring friends to people, or you know someone who has been an enduring friend to you. And through the good times, through the hard times, you know what it's like for a friend to stick with you throughout your entire life. You have this one friend or this other friend. A patient savior. <laughs> Speaking of Jesus as our Savior, but also speaking of us as people to be patient with others and to jump in and help last minute when they need it or when they need somebody to come alongside them. How many times have you been successful at those this week? How many times have I been successful at those this week? How many times has our church been successful at presenting that to the community and to the world? How many times have we done this or that or the other thing? And kind of, it's kind of a checkup this morning a little bit. This is kind of the first thing that came to mind when Pastor Mike said, and I uh, went and pulled it up, and it actually, when I went looking for it, it was the first thing that came up my computer. So I said, okay, well, let's go with God is guiding me in that direction. And this morning, hopefully you find something to take home with you this morning. <clears throat> but the chorus has three points. Your grace amazes me. Luke 15, 20, it says, um, so he got up, speaking of the prodigal son. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long ways off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And there's probably a lot of you here like me. And I remember complimenting Pastor Mike one time because he spoke on this passage. And the very beginning of the passage says, doesn't say the prodigal son. The very beginning of the passage says the parable that Jesus told was a father who had two sons. And if you read the story carefully all the way through, he has one son who's the prodigal son, who most of us usually focus on, who's the one that left and went and did everything and got in so much trouble. But at the end of the story, his second son, when the prodigal comes home, he stomps his feet and 
I'm not sticking around that party. I'm leaving. I mean, you can't, you can't welcome him back because he's so just gone, whatever, this kind of stuff. And what did the father do? He didn't say, oh, well, he'll cool off. It says in the story that the father went out and found him. The father had compassion on both of his sons. His grace was amazing that he would come alongside them, whichever situation they were in, and he would walk with them, and he would say, you know what? You're my son. In our situation, you're my son. You're my daughter. I'm here for you. You know, what do you need? How can I bring you back into the household? How can I bring you back into the family? How can I bring you back into the goodness of God, into a relationship on both sides? His grace is amazing. We all know the hymn. Even a lot of secular people would know the hymn. How sweet the sound. I spoke in the summer there on forgiveness and, and, and used the illustration of the story of getting a speeding ticket, right? When it's the other guy that cuts us off and the policeman pulls him off, we're like, yeah, he deserves justice. He should get it. I'm glad the police caught him, right? But when it's you that gets pulled over and the police says, uh, I'm going to let you go this time, you're like, yes, awesome. I love grace. I love forgiveness, right? So to be able to balance the two of those, God's word says that God's throne is, is built upon the righteousness and the justice of God. And to be able to walk our lives where we realize that God is good, but God also is just. We serve a God who is good, who is faithful to us, but we also serve a God that we will one day stand before, have grace and mercy in that situation. And I think I'd rather think about it this morning than think about it when I stand before God for the first time face to face. His grace. And when we realize the grace of God, how much grace he's given us. It says, because he first loved us, we love the person next to us. We love the person beside us. Your grace, your love, the second, your love is still amazing. How many people are married? Oh, don't, you don't have to put your hand up. <laughs> does it ever kind of amaze you sometimes that that person is still with? Hopefully it does. Maybe some of you it doesn't. You're like, I'm such a good catch. <laughs> that it does not amaze me at all that they've been with me for 50 years and they have made my bed and made my food and bear my children and they are just the luckiest person in the world to be with me, whatever, right? Uh, but his love is still amazing. I think if we really stop and think, sorry, if you're watching, oh, if you're watching online, I'm, uh, I'm not the greatest. I haven't done this a lot. So I know Pastor Mike's been getting a lot better at talking to people who are watching online as well, but I am not quite there yet. So I'm just talking to you and they're trying their best. There you go. The light's red. So that means for those of you that don't know me, I worked with youth for 20 years. So if I'm a little goofier sometimes, it was because I realized I'd lost their attention and I needed to get it back somehow. <laughs> um, your love is still amazing. We love him because he first loved us. Many of us know John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Not just God so loved me, which is true. Not just God so loved. And in that story, there's people that he confronted, like the Pharisees and stuff too. And yet something inside of him still loved them. He confronted the air. He confronted the self-righteousness. He confronted this and that. And even in, he spoke in the temple and they said there was something different about the way he talked. There was an authority. There was a, there was a this. Uh, and he spoke the truth, but he spoke it in love and he cared for. He loves all of us. We were all sinners. We all died, just like the Grand Canyon. I was brought to my memory this week too that we all die. We don't like to think about it, right? But some of us, it might be a car accident. Some of us, it might be a disease. Some of us, it might be this. It might be the other thing. But we all come to an end. We all cease to exist. It's not something that we, 
my mom and dad are in the place where mom's a little closer. To the we, Two or three times she's been in palliative, and we thought she was gone, right? We sat by her bed hour 24-7, and then she sprung back, and she's back there again, this kind of thing, right? But we all come to that door, whether it's when you're, I have a brother who, when he was five, passed away, and you think that's unjust, right? And yet in the middle of that, you've got to realize God is love. God, God cares for me. And in old age, I'm guessing I'm probably not going to want to live forever. i probably appreciate the fact that God has brought me to the end of my journey here in this life, and I will pass away, and I'll have a new heaven and a new earth and a new body. And Haven and Madeline, Madeline's still pretty jumping around there sometimes in worship and that kind of stuff. And Haven won't have that little stick that he's going to beat me with afterwards for talking about him. He doesn't even know I'm talking about him. Madeline's poking on his ear and saying that I'm talking about him. He's He's... Not even so. He'll he'll get me afterwards. We played a lot of rook together when we were younger. It's going to be a little bit of a different service, but we'll get to the end. First um, Corinthians thirteen: Love is kind. Love is patient. Love keeps no records of wrongs. David said, "What is it that man that you are mindful of him? Why God? Why does the God of the universe know every single hair on your head? Who cares? <laughs> I don't care, but he does. He said, even when the sparrow falls." He knows every single sparrow that has passed away. That is a God who understands. That is a God who cares. And we may not understand all of him, why we go through the things we go through. One this morning, it just says, in humility, he says he falls down on his knees. We don't do that as much anymore either, do we? I, I still pray, but I remember when I was a kid and when I was a teenager, every night I got down beside my bed and I prayed on my knees. Humility, right? You go to a fight with somebody, if I go to a fight with Dwayne, I'd probably lose even if I was standing up. <laughs> but, but if I go to a fight with Dwayne and I'm like, okay, Dwayne, let's, let's, let's have this out, right? If you've, the Bible tells us if you have an ought with someone to go to them, right? And not to go to them with, I'm up here, you're down there, I'm right, you're wrong. But to go to them in humility and say, hey, you know what? I'm concerned. And to live a life of humility and say, God, I come to you as a humble servant, as one of your people, as a part of the body of Christ. But God, I also come to my neighbor, to my person next to me. And uh, sometimes you just can't. I mean, yeah. Anyways, my head goes lots of places, and I can't go them all there. Pastor Len would understand. He was always chasing rabbits. Uh, What can I give you? What can I say? No way to repay you, only to offer you my praise. Amazing grace Again, the, the last verse says, 10,000 years in heaven, there will be no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Philippians 2, 5 to 11, if you read through the whole passage, speaks of your attitude should be like that of Christ who gave up heaven to come serve his people, to come give us the opportunity to be able to come to church and say, God, I receive your forgiveness without having to come to church with a sacrifice, with something to... And in those days, I've always thought it was definitely a much realer, we don't see many things die in this society anymore, do we? Uh, other than maybe your loved one or your mom or your dad. And oftentimes people are distanced and that kind of stuff. And they don't even see them in, in the hospitals and the nursing homes. It's quite a different experience than it used to be 50 years ago before they had all the medications and that kind of stuff. People died sometimes a very painful, very long-suffering death or whatever, right? But in the Old Testament, when they came to church... 
They brought their pigeon or they brought their lamb or they brought their this or they brought their that and they brought it to the altar and that died on their behalf to cover their sin, to cover their payment, to say, and they saw the penalty, right? They saw it and we see it in Jesus who came and said, I'm going to die once and for all. Not just for Manitoba, not just for Ontario, not just for Canada. He said, I'm going to die once. I'm going to die for all. Eternity past, eternity present. Eternity present? That's not a thing. Eternity future. And he said, I'm going to pay for it all. And he humbly came and he gave up of himself. A couple other scriptures just as we finish off. Luke 5, 9 speaks of Simon putting down their nets. And they put their nets in and they received it back. And at the end it says, for he and all his companions were astonished. Luke 2, 47 speaks of a, he was 12 years old and he was in the temple. And everyone who heard him was amazed. At 12 years old, he was speaking wisdom and God's life and anointing was upon him. And each one of you should be able to not say, well, when I'm older, you should be able to say, you know what? God has anointed me to speak truth. God has anointed me to set the prisoner free. God has anointed me to speak into people's lives. Matthew 15, 31, it says, Along the Sea of Galilee, great, count, great crowds came to bring the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the cripples made well, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be there. That's why the crowds came. They came to see Jesus, right? They came to see the things that he was doing that proved that he was who he said he was, that he was the, the son of God. Matthew nine fifteen. large crowds, disciples and teachers of the law argued. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. There's something about him that attracted people. There's something about him that attracted sinners. There was something about him that just attracted, I think I said it in worship at the end of worship the other day, that, Pastor Mike Davis often said in staff meeting, whenever they went camping, he always seemed to get his trailer put right beside the people who were partying the hardest in the campground. They were drinking and everything because he grew up that way and he understood that. And he had grace and he had love and he had humility. And he'd be like, God, I just want to go to sleep. But God would say, uh, and he'd go over to the campfire, right? <laughs> I can just see him doing it, right? And sitting down beside, hey, how are you guys doing? Or whatever, right? And was able to speak their language. He didn't he wasn't them. He wasn't, crack me one open too or whatever, right? But, but he wasn't afraid to be who God had called him to be and to show the grace and the love and the humility that God had spoken and, and exemplified in his heart and his life to people outside and people around them and not afraid to stand up and say, God, this is who you've created me to be. So this morning, his grace is still amazing. And with two things, and then I'm going to show that video one more time. And uh, the first time you watch it, I don't know if you're like me, I was captured by all the images. But I just want you to read some of those scriptures that they put up there too are just as powerful as the video itself. But you might be here this morning and you might need the grace of God. Or you might be watching online and you might say, you know what, I'm just too far gone. I, I just, I, I, you can't reach me. I can't be reached. Uh, but God, like the father and the two sons, is reaching out to you this morning and saying whether you're on the side where you've gone astray and you've walked away or whether you're on the side where you're kind of walking in arrogance and pride and being better than the person next to you, God is reaching out to both and saying, I want to pull you back into a relationship with me. And then as a church at Bethel Christian Assembly, we get different people coming through the door. And I know it's a challenge to be like, how do we exemplify uh, grace but still 
draw the line of justice? How do we do this? And Pastor Mike did his sermon series on the uh, 500 or 800 pound gorillas or whatever that I appreciated because he talked about a lot of topics that we don't talk about quite often in church and I think did a very biblical example of walking us through this is how we be the body of Christ. This is how we be humility. So I'm going to take a few seconds and I'm going to just close in prayer. And if you're here this morning and you haven't experienced the grace of God or the love of God, or you're walking in pride and you just need to say, God, I need to be humble like you, then I want to give you an opportunity just to reach out to God as I pray in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own soul, in your own spirit. Just say, God, I ask you to fill me. So God, this morning we come specifically into this place, Bethel Christian Assembly, that, and those of us watch, those watching us online as well, Lord Jesus, Father, um, <clears throat> with a desire to meet with the body of Christ, but also with a desire to meet with you. And God, we, if we walk our own path, our own journey, our own way, uh, we sing like Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Um, God, we never rub shoulders with anybody else. Um, God, we're not challenged to be like, what about this or what about that? Or, and we're never challenged to have love or to have grace or to be humble. We just push forward and push through. So God, this morning for each and every person here who needs to know your love and needs to know your grace, God, I pray that they will find it in the presence of your Holy Spirit. In this place, Lord Jesus, Father, you are here with us right now, walking this journey uh, day by day, exactly where we're at. And God, for those that might be here this morning, you might Maybe, God, I grew up in church, probably I told Pastor Ashby, those of you that have been here for a long time, a long time ago, I said, I kind of sometimes relate to the Pharisees a lot more than I relate to the, and I need to be challenged by God there as well. And God, if there's people here this morning that just need to be challenged in that area, Lord Jesus, and Father, they need to humble themselves before the Almighty God and say, God, if you choose to put your anointing on this person, if you choose to save that person, if you choose, Paul in the Bible was a killer of the Christians, and then, God, you put your hand on him, and, God, you took him and used him for your honor and for your glory, and, God, he became the person who wrote much of the main, main parts of the New Testament. So, God, I just ask that your spirit will challenge us in our hearts and our minds and our souls this morning and that we would give you the honor and the glory. And God, this morning as a congregation, we want to come and we just want to lift up. I'm not sure where he's at right now or where it's going, but God, I know he was having pain in his stomach there um, before we started the service this morning. And God, we just want to pray that your Holy Spirit would anoint his life. And God, that song we said, I'm blessed, I'm healed, I'm touched, I'm anointed. And God, he is the servant of God. God, he is the leader of this place. And God, we just want to lift him up before you and lift up Angela and lift up his children. And God, just let the anointing of God touch his life. And God, the next week he'd be able to come back with a story of how God just broke out in that hospital or wherever, if you had to go to the hospital, or broke out at his home or broke out wherever, and the testimony of God's miraculous power um, worked in and through his heart and his life. So God, we give you the honor, we give you the glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Let's continue the conversation online. Visit us at BethelBrandon.ca or follow us on Facebook.